0: I think about yoga therapy as a practice of listening in a culture that maybe has never thought too much about that for lots of reasons it's not like you know you should be aware of everything all the time but what's coming forward and how about we don't leave the body out of it that might be a good place to begin Hi, I'm
1: Nita. Welcome to Ask Me About Yoga Therapy, where we explore the profession of yoga therapy, one practitioner at a time. Yoga therapy and wellness don't always go together. Ann Pittman supports people living with cancer. They may be in shock from their diagnoses, struggling through their treatment plans, or considering death for the first time. Here, wellness is more elusive. Anne is a certified yoga therapist and integration specialist at the Center for Health Innovation. She refers to it as the Integrative Cancer Center, its former name. She's co-director of the School of Embodied Yoga Therapy, where I study. You can learn more about her at annpitman.ca And we mention her book coming out soon called Yoga Therapy Across the Cancer Care Continuum. All links in the episode notes, and that's all you need. Let's go. So for the first time in a whole bunch of months... I don't care what all the other people in your book said. Right? I'm, I'm just going to ask you.
0: Don't ask me. Okay. <laughs> what is yoga therapy? What is embodied yoga therapy? No. Right. What is yoga therapy? Oh, gosh. You know, it really depends on the day and it depends on the season. And, and it, it so depends on who I'm working with. Yeah, so today, uh, because I, I work with people I find who, it's not, it's not such a wellness focus. It's really uh, my world just fell apart uh, or I'm leaving this world or um, I have no way to claim this moment. So I I guess for me today, it's more about coming back to this body as a place of uh, memory, resource. Mm, Because the the shock is so deep when these shatterings come upon us. And uh, I think you can only go so far if you aren't here either or if you can't find or honour your own response to life, it it becomes um, difficult to find enough to go on, I think.
1: Because you're doing something that's distinct from wellness, and I think a lot of people assume that anything with the word yoga in it is about wellness, And in your case, you're doing some very special work. So a way to contextualize that, I think, would be if you told us a bit Hmm. about
0: who you're seeing. So I've been working with uh, the Ottawa Integrative Cancer Center for, I think, about 12 years. So for I guess for some time before that, that became a a very big interest. Just to say that I, I come from the physical place. I'm a kinesiologist. That's what my master's is in. But... Um When I was doing sports psychology, which I was doing for quite a while, it became very confusing to me. You know, I didn't know who I was listening to, the body or the demand of the human. And I became much more interested in the body. or, or just uh, just more, more more about that and can we include it even? Um, so yes, I'm, I started in yoga therapy on a much more physical plane, like injuries and uh, working with physiotherapists, etc. But I became very interested in disease and shock and um, particularly grief. And when we find ourselves in our dying days, that's I think mostly who I'm working with, I would, but you know, that, that says almost nothing <laughs> because even when someone comes in with cancer, they may have a, just a very deep trauma experience or they may have um, another disease or uh, they may be coming and really needing to be some, seeing someone else other than me. happens a lot too where someone comes in and through our inquiry it occurs to me that there's i think other support that would be even more useful honestly so if i can be quiet enough often uh, the client Mm. really leads
1: and now i'm thinking of people who are curious about receiving yoga therapy or experiencing yoga therapy And they're probably still scratching their heads and saying, Mm -hmm. so what happens when I come and see you other than you're wondering about all this stuff? Can you give a sense of that? It's a hard question, I know, because there's a lot of, Mm -hmm. it all depends
0: on who the person is. It kind of depends on the person. It also depends where they're coming from. So sometimes if they're already a client of the center, then they may well be seeing someone who's um, supporting them through massage therapy or physiotherapy. So what they're, you know, what I might bring might be more in the emotional body realm, or if they're already seeing a psychotherapist and that's well tended to, perhaps, you know, they're working with side effects or honestly, every single person I see is working with anxiety. That's, That's the common thread I would think is, Is a terrible anxiety and feeling like they shouldn't be, and that they're meant to be very positive instead. And that's, uh, that for sure is what I see as a mutable um, belief. And that seems cultural to me that we demand so much from people who are suffering. Even if you just think about grief, you know, if there's been a major loss in someone's life you know you, you're, you're supposed to be pretty sunny pretty darn quick and you know see the gift in it and all these things that are maybe will come uh who knows uh, but layered on top of suffering is not that useful i don't find but for sure there will be Generous listening.
1: Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. When I heard listening, and I'm Mm -hmm. imagining that other people might hear that, oh, this is very talk-shaped. A lot of people limit Uh their listening to talking. And from some of our earlier conversations, Mm -hmm. uh, I've always assumed when you say listening, you mean listening to not just things coming out of the mouth, but Mm -hmm. listening in a way listening to the inside of your body in a way, listening to the responses of your body. Mm-hmm. How about you use your language that might be better than what I'm making up right
0: now? <laughs> I, I kind of doubt it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like turning your heart ears inside, and, but listening to things that you might be just trying to get rid of. You know, like you don't like the tension in your neck or your stomach hurts all the time or, you know, your low back just can't give up. And so turning towards sensations that initially you want to move away from, and it's a very brave thing to start to turn toward that and to wonder about those sensations as ways of uh, inquiring into the body, Uh, noticing that when you feel your throat closing, does that what, what does that remind you of? What does, what else is happening in the midst of that? What What's going on in all, your world outside of you, inside of you? And how might this be a response, actually? It's like sensations as conversation for me. And it's not to say that there's always an emotional reason for you to have a pain in your back, but in a a culture that loves to work with that physically, fantastic. Let's let's do that. Let's find circulation and um, more ease uh, in different areas of the body. But let's also wonder about pain and discomfort as more, often more than just the physical. Oh, so
1: that's, that I think can sound confusing. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing, I'm trying to be um, even more annoying than I usually am in your class, so when somebody hears that, they might be, well, "Why should I listen to that? What's the use of that? Do I have to find a silver lining in it, for example?" And I mean, there's, I mean, I'm good, good traveling one. in reductive tropes just to bother you a bit.
0: Um, yeah. So, what would you say to people? I know it's. It's. I love how you do that. Well, here's the thing: is let's wonder a little bit about. What happens when you do it? I mean, you've tried everything else. Why not? Let's let's turn toward it and go, well, what does it actually feel like? Because it, everyone's back pain is not the same. And what does it feel like? What does it look like? And when we pay attention to it, what happens? Does it stay the same? Does it soften? Does it get stronger? Does it get more painful? As a way of just wondering a little bit more about the complexity of these things, and and that our response to discomfort is to banish it, to turn away from it, and if that's a pattern in itself, that's interesting. What happens when you turn toward it? What happens when you um, maybe uh, your identity uh, shifts in that way with regard to oh, I, I am a person in pain. What does that mean? There's so much to explore in it. And I've never seen it be a dead end where it's like nothing, got nothing to say, got nothing. And, and then when we add movement and breath in, into this inquiry, um, then what, what happens when you breathe like this? What happens? How do you breathe? What does this discomfort allow for? Um, what happens in you when you move in this way? And it it's, It is so mysterious and just a place of awe that there can be so much to wonder about in a human body with sensation.
1: What do you think people's uh, most common misconceptions are when they come to you? About yoga therapy, not uh, about aliens or anything. About yoga therapy.
0: uh, The one thing that I would say still remains even if they've done some reading about yoga therapy or if they've figured out I'm not going to make them do downward dogs or headstands or what have Mm -hmm. you, is that they do think that it's about getting positive and about getting calm. Like that, that seems to be the very um,
1: immovable. Tell me why it isn't, because I think it's more than just clients
0: who think that. So what, why do you think? Um, You know, when someone comes in and they are not calm, I'm really not trying to calm them down. I mean, I'm hoping to be calm enough in myself to hold space for whatever is coming in. But I want to hear. I want to hear about it. I want to hear, like, why are you so angry? Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. What's the frustration? What's the fear? What's the? If all I do is calm them down, then they're by themselves with it in the middle of the night again. And I don't, I don't hope that for them. So yes, they want to calm down too. But sometimes talking about it or letting it have some room, having another human being hear it without judgment, can be a, can calm it down anyway. Um, what was the other thing? Calming and positive. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that's. That when, when someone say I'm, well, I'm just trying to be, and the the way they say, oh, I'm going to be positive no matter what, uh, that tells you a lot about what it requires of them to be positive. That lift and that pulling in and that, and it's not that I don't want them to be positive. It's not, it's not it. It's just that when positive is the only possibility, it's the demand that's required of them. Then again, middle of the night, They're by themselves with a great fear or an unaccompanied belief um, or, you know, their greatest sorrow. And um, I haven't given enough room for it then. I really haven't allowed for enough room. So I think in those first uh, 10 minutes or so, when a client comes in, there's a, there's a bit of a agreement making, whether that's um, spoken and it often is, or whether it's more of a somatic realization when someone says something um, what they consider to be horrible to me, and I'm not aghast, or I'm not, oh, don't say that. Um, where we we start to trust, you know, we start to trust each other that we can be authentic and we can. We can do that. We can talk about hard things and be pissed about it all. We can shake our fist at God if we need to and and then water every living thing. You know, you know the poem I'm referring to. Water every living thing. And that is here and now. And what what can we what can we bring to this now? What would be the most nourishing practice or rest or breath?
1: I wonder what you get out of this the most like you must there it's not easy work that you do in that i know that it is nourishing for you it is um and that i think comes from a a discipline maybe of generosity and you know noticing where you're at as well and so that you can hold that space i don't know any number of things that i'm supposed to have learned and i'm forgetting now (laughs) but i'm i am wondering it's it's not easy work and And, and, and you're proceeding. And what is most, I don't like the word rewarding. I'm trying to find a better uh, word for that. So maybe you can help me with that. But what makes you want to
0: proceed as a yoga therapist? I'm, I'm hesitating, because I'm wondering if I can really say this. Doesn't seem culturally reasonable to say, but actually is really easy work for me and i and i hesitate because i know i'm meant to say oh you know i have to work on my boundaries and i have to be really careful but it's not that's not true for me and i i don't know why that is but like i and i am not being flippant what i mean is being with someone without all of the Unnecessary armor, because sometimes armor is very necessary. The unnecessary armor, we're speaking about real things and wondering about big things, is very nourishing. And I feel a great purposefulness in it. And I also don't make up a story that I wouldn't need the same. Should I find myself in a shattering place it's not that I've got it all figured out. I I would need you to be with me in it, to help me find my way. But I, I I am a strong believer in accompaniment and that there's a reason that we're not by ourselves on this planet.
1: Well, thank you for accompanying me on this episode. Until next time, Shanti, bye.